It is Friday, October 23rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 7 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. A close battle in round six of the Crown is Ass Challenge went to Jared. Smo, what did you use to stiff arm the competition here? Well, it's funny. I mean, I think the key to the week in general and the key to this, comp- you know, our competition was playing Derrick Henry. And, you know, Derrick Henry was like such a, especially after the week, he was such like a controversial player. Like, you know, some people are like, I'm, I'm never playing Derrick Henry in cash. I'm not playing him in tournaments when he's going to be popular. And, and I, I get the reasoning, but like, just because a guy doesn't catch a ton of passes doesn't mean he, he can't be a play. Like at some price tag in some matchup, you know, every guy can be a play. And to me, Derrick Henry at 7,300 bucks against, you know, a bottom three run defense was, you know, the, 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 the first guy in my cash lineup. It wasn't even like, you know, I was debating him. He was locked into my cash lineup the whole week. Yeah. I mean, I said on last week's shows that I, I thought he was less of a must than other top level running backs, but I certainly wasn't against him in general. I think my lineup was fine. Uh, my one regret, I guess, for the slate would be not getting more Derrick Henry exposure in general. I mean, it was an outlier of a game, even for him, even for the matchup. And having the Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown stack in my lineup here certainly didn't motivate me to also shove Derrick Henry into it. But, you know, looking back, I I think that I should have gotten some exposure to him, at least in some spots. Tyler, any takeaways from your lineup? Uh, I ended up having an extremely chalky lineup, which ended up working out because a lot of my players scored late touchdowns. Uh, including Adam Thielen, who really didn't do much of anything. He had a late one-year touchdown. I did have Madison instead of Derrick Henry. I was $100 short of Henry, but uh, I ended up squeaking by. I think I scored like 145 in cash, so it was good enough. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid trio of lineups here, not to toot any horns or anything, but I thought all the lineups worked out fine. Um, you can join Tyler, by the way, every Monday on the Draft Sharks Twitter account to get his review of his DFS play for the weekend. Tyler, do you have a, a general time that you hit that? Yeah, I usually do it around 1230 on uh, on Mondays. So I I go through my FanDuel and DraftKings cash lineups, and then I blame you guys for talking me out of certain guys. So it's always a good time. And it's I'm a good time to do Monday, Monday, Jared and I are so busy, we're probably not watching it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of bitching about you know us talking you off plays. I think you should, you know, take take uh, responsibility for your own plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the plan today is to tell Tyler that every single one of his picks is stupid so that he'll either yeah. change everything or that he'll will just steal him so that he can play all of the guys he actually wants to play this week. Yeah. yeah. Sure, if people prefer when I lose or win, because uh, a couple weeks ago I was pretty tilted on the show that whole Odell Beckham thing. So people probably like when I lose. So uh, I'll see what I can do you guys this week. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, we will all be back at it for round seven of the Crown Is Ass Challenge, which now stands at three wins for me, two for Jared, one for Tyler on the season. We will show you Saturday morning who we're playing against each other in this contest in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Tyler, since you're back from last week's illness, why don't you get us rolling with a cash QB plan? Uh, cash on DraftKings, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, 6,800. He's coming off back-to-back top five QB one performances. And now he's got a matchup going up against the Packers, who primarily play zone defense. And 
Watson throughout his career has a higher completion percentage going up against the zone. And then the Packers can't generate any pass rush either. They're second lowest in pressure rate on the season. And they're only generating pressure 17% of the time. And when Watson doesn't face pressure, he's completing over 85% of his passes. And I think the Packers are going to have success on offense. So the Texans should be throwing early and often. And I think it'll be another ceiling game for Deshaun Watson this week. I like it, Jared. What about you? Yeah, so I, I would really like to get up to Kyler Murray in cash this week, but just the way I think I'm going to build my cash roster, I'm probably going to end up going cheap at quarterback. And I, I like Joe Burrow at 5,500 bucks. Um, but he, he's top eight among all quarterbacks in pass attempts, completions, and pass yards so far this season. He's 25th in passing touchdowns. So he's just been a bit unlucky in the touchdown department. Even still, he's averaging 19.2 drafting points per game. Um, that mark is dragged down by a six-point dud against a tough Ravens defense. Burroughs posted 20-plus DK points in three of his last five games. Um, like the matchup here against the Browns, who are tougher against the, the run than the pass, which you know should push a already pass-heavy Bengals offense more towards the pass in this game. This is also an up-tempo game. Uh, both these teams are top 12 in situation-neutral pace. I think you're going to get more plays in this game than usual. Yeah, Burrow is a favorite of mine, too. He's second in our DK dollars for point rankings for the week. He threw three touchdowns. He threw a bunch of pass attempts against Cleveland last time, but threw three touchdowns in that game. Only has three touchdown passes otherwise in the rest of his games. As you mentioned, he's tied for the league lead, though, in end zone targets. So it's not hard to find where the positive regression is coming in that touchdown area. And we've talked about the rushing upside for him. It hasn't really materialized yet. He scored twice on the ground. One was a 23-yarder back in week one. That's kind of an outlier of a, a quarterback touchdown. Uh, he had a short yardage one last week. So he hasn't had the yardage, hasn't topped 19 yards since week one in that category. You know, we'll see if there's more yardage upside, but he has thrown for 300-plus in four of his six games so far. So I, I agree. I, I like looking cheap for quarterback on DraftKings still so that I can screw up the plays elsewhere um, and have plenty of money to do so. And I like the upside on Joe Burrow. I want to transition him over to the GPP side, too, because, I mean, there are so many quarterback options on the slate. Burrow is a favorite of mine there because he comes with multiple stacking options. And we talked about the touchdown upside. If he does, you know, have that positive regression come this week, we have both T. Higgins and A.J. Green ranked among the top 10 in end zone targets, according to um, Pro Football Focus. Neither is that expensive. Neither is going to be that highly owned. So you could get this three-player stack that if it does, you know, turn positive for them there, and especially with the Joe Mixon injury, you know, further upside to the passing game, I think. If you get all of that together, you have lots to spend elsewhere, and you have a fairly low-owned trio. And you can run that stack back with Kareem Hunt, who, you know, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit here. Mm -hmm. Tyler, who do you like for GPP? Like you said, I think there's a lot of pretty good quarterback options this week. I think it's another week where you have to pay up for the better options with the 40-point ceilings. And to me, that's Russell Wilson. And uh, that game is still included on the Sunday main slate, and they're playing the Sunday night game. So it's a little throwback uh, to where we have a sweat in that single game on Sunday night. So I'm definitely going to have a lot of exposure in that game because that could get exciting if you have a uh, – if you have some sweats going and some GPPs. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson's just been a total monster this season, and I think there's no reason that the Cardinals' defense is going to slow him down. I think he's got a great shot at three to five touchdowns once again. I just can't see the Cardinals stopping them. 
Josh Allen sitting at 7,700, definitely going to get exposure to him as well. Uh, the Bills have really struggled the last two weeks in primetime games against the Chiefs and against the Titans, and I think it's just a really good bounce-back spot for the Bills in general. Probably going to be off Mahomes at 7,400. Uh, they're projecting snow in Denver. Um, probably going to fade Kyler Murray as well and then play Hopkins and Kirk in one-off lineups with, with the Seattle game stack. Going to be off of Rodgers. Going to have a bunch of Deshaun Watson. And then one of my favorite GPP plays is Cam Newton at 6,300. He still got 20 DraftKings points last week, and he threw for 150 yards and two interceptions with no touchdowns. Just goes to show that with his floor slash ceiling, he could still have really good fantasy performance. And I think it's a pretty good bounce back spot going up against the Niners, who have given up the most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. Jerry, what do you like here? Yeah, I, I am going to play Kyler Murray in tournaments. Um, he's projected just 6% ownership. I was a bit su- surprised by that. Uh, I mean, his rushing production has just been ridiculous. He's on a 16-game pace for 136 carries and 987 rushing yards. He's on pace for 13 rushing touchdowns. I don't expect that to continue, but I think the carries and yards, that pace could definitely keep up. So, I mean, he's averaging 12.2 DraftKings points per game just rushing alone. So you take that and then you throw on top of it this matchup against Seattle, 29th in football outsiders past the 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So, you know, we could see a ceiling game from Murray through the air too. And, and this note I like from uh, Sports Info Solutions, Kyler Murray for his career has averaged 8.2 yards per, tass- per pass attempt versus zone coverage, just 6.1 versus man coverage. The Seahawks play zone at the league's second highest rate. So, you know, again, just it just seems like a really nice spot for Murray's passing upside. Yeah, and we, you know, we talked about this being a loaded slate with lots of options. It sounded like Tyler was at a buffet finding quarterbacks for his um, GPP lineups. I want to throw in one more, though, with Ryan Tannehill. A tougher matchup. Uh, it's a tough defense that he's going against overall in Pittsburgh, but it's a tougher matchup for Derrick Henry than it is for Ryan Tannehill. The Steelers are good against the run. They're good in the pass rush. They're just kind of okay in coverage. And Ryan Tannehill is the league's highest rated passer against pressure so far, 110.5 passer rating according to PFF. So he has the ability to fight the best aspect of the Pittsburgh defense. And, you know, if they do bottle up Derrick Henry to some degree, which has happened this year, you might forget about it after he did last week, but uh, he was short of four yards per carry the first couple of games this year. So it could be a Ryan Tannehill game and it could be a shootout here. And he and A.J. Brown, uh, still an affordable number one receiver at 6,300 over here. You can run it back with a cheap Deontay Johnson at 4,200. I'm going to definitely have a, at least a little bit of that going. Yeah, I like it. I'm just super interested to watch that matchup between you know, that that Steelers defense and what's been an you know, awesome Titans offense since Tannehill took over. Mm-hmm. Running back, Tyler, what do you like for cash? Running back, I'm really going to try to prioritize Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. Um, not sure where we're going to find the salary relief this week, but I think those two guys are, are going to score 25 plus DraftKings points this week. And then in the mid range, I like David Johnson, 5,300 best possible matchup against the Packers. He's still been getting the volume. He's been getting around right around 20 touches per week. I like that game to score over 55 points. And I mean, if he finds the end zone, this could be the week where he actually gets us 20 DraftKings points. So as ugly as it is, I think David Johnson's a good cash game play this week. Yeah, there are actually quite a few like viable cash game plays this week. But, man, I'm going to have trouble 
fading Alvin Kamara, fading Aaron Jones, like you mentioned, Tyler, and also fading Kareem Hunt at 6,800 bucks. Um, you know, he's, he's faced two of the best run defenses in the NFL over the past two weeks in the Colts and the Steelers. Now he gets the Bengals, who are 23rd in football outsiders run defense rankings. They're allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 210 rushing yards and three touchdowns on 6.6 yards per carry in that first meeting uh, against the Bengals back in week two. I think, you know, you're going to see Hunt get 70 to 80 percent of the backfield work in this matchup. Um, I think, you know, 6,800 bucks, he's going to be in my cash lineup. So have you tried yet to see if you can fit all three of those guys in? Oh, yeah, it's definitely doable. And, you know, that's part of the reason I said I'd like to get Kyler Murray, but you, I think I'm going to go cheap at quarterback this week to fit in those three running backs. Yeah, I would rather spend elsewhere other than quarterback this week as well. Uh, Todd Gurley at 6000 bucks, I think, is also in play here. His salary is down $300 from where it was last week. It's $100 lower than where he opened the season. He's at 6000 as I said. Um, three straight games, though, 15-plus DK points before last week against Minnesota. And last week against the Vikings, he had 20 carries. Uh, he's had five and four targets over the past two games. His two best target counts of the year. I'm sorry, his two best reception counts of the year. He did have five targets back in week one. He just didn't do anything with them. So he rebounded in that area that looked like it was slipping. The offense overall rebounded in a big way last week, getting the wide receivers healthy. So I think that helps with the potential scoring chances for Gurley. And this Detroit defense is 12th in past D, 30th against the run, according to Football Outsiders. So as long as Atlanta doesn't fall behind and you know they're the favorites finally in this game so it looks like they should not I think it's a good spot for Gurley a fairly safe spot yeah his passing game usage has been on the rise both targets and his um, number of pass routes so it makes him easier to like on DraftKings mm-hmm. Tyler what are you doing for GPPs or running back GPPs, it looks like there's a couple guys in the upper $4,000 slash lower $5,000 range that look pretty viable this week. And that's Justin Jackson going up against the Jaguars. Uh, The Chargers are seven and a half point favorites. He appeared to be the main guy going up against the Saints last week. I think the coaching staff trusts him a little bit more than Joshua Kelly. And he was the guy that was in there um, in the red zone, the goal line, and the third down plays. So if he's catching passes and getting goal line, I think he has a higher ceiling than Joshua Kelly. I think the Chargers are going to steamroll the Jags, so he should find the end zone. And then it's just a matter of if he's going to get 16 to 20 touches or not. Another guy I like is Kenyon Drake. He's just mispriced at 4,800. Probably going to be popular coming off the big game against Dallas where they didn't really adjust his price. For some reason, Chase Edmonds is more expensive than Drake, even though Drake's getting more touches. And then Antonio Gibson, 5K, going up against Dallas. Uh, the game's a pick so Vegas is expecting it to be close. Dallas defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. They just gave up a big game to Kenyon Drake. And it seems like the Antonio Gibson breakout game is coming soon. It might come this week against the Cowboys. And then in the 6K range, I like going back to Mike Davis, 6,600. And then Jared already mentioned Kareem Hunt, 6,800. So Davis, uh, he, he still scored a touchdown last week. He played the most percentage of his running back snaps last week. Got a tough matchup against the Saints, but I could easily see Davis having another game where he's catching eight to ten balls, and if he gets in the end zone, it's going to be another 20-plus point performance from him this week. Yeah, yeah, it's a negative rushing matchup, but it's a positive coverage matchup for running backs. And, I mean, we're drafting Mike Davis because he is uh, Christian McCaffrey late, basically, at this point. Tyler, if you're playing Kenyon Drake this week, are you going to contact his mom to get her to challenge him again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And uh, 
once again, that game's on the, the Sunday night game, so it'll be exciting if you have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Lockett, and then Hopkins and Drake on the other side, and you just hope the game shoots out, and uh, you hope to see your name keep going up the leaderboard when you're watching uh, on that night game. I don't know about you, Jared, but I'm a little tired by Sunday night. I want to be in sweat <laughs> rather than sweating. Yeah, I got to say, now that I uh, have a kid, I, I, I've missed some second halves of the uh, Sunday night games and the Monday night games. It j- just happens, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I like all of Tyler's picks, actually, except Kenny and Drake. I'm going to fade him just at the ownership. I agree that he's underpriced for the rushing workload he's been getting and just in what we expect to be a high-scoring matchup. I just think if Drake doesn't score a touchdown – you know, with the lack of pass catching work he's getting, you know, he's, he's not going to pay off for you. So I think at the ownership, I'm going to stay away from him. I, I like Antonio Gibson in tournaments. I know, you know, a lot of people have been chasing him all season. I, I haven't been, so maybe that makes him easier for me to like this week. Um, but, it, you know, it's just a great matchup against Dallas, um, allowing 4.9 yards per carry to running backs. And you know, Gibson's usage has been a bit frustrating, just, you know, the amount of work he's losing to J.D. McKissick. But he still has between nine and 13 carries in every game, and he has five targets in three straight. You know, give me 12 carries and five targets against the Cowboys at 5000 bucks, and I'll, I'll take my chances. And he's had double-digit DK points in four of his six games so far, so he hasn't been bad for PPR owners. And, I mean, really, it, it all it takes is a little bit of touchdown luck to turn one of those into a ceiling game. This is the kind of matchup that could give that touchdown luck. So I agree with Antonio Gibson at 5000 and I have Mike Davis down. So let's move on to the wide receiver cash game. And I think my favorite range here is, well, I had Jamison Crowder down before uh, realizing that groin injury is going to be a potential issue. So we'll throw him out of the group. Tyler Boyd, 5,400. Terry McLaurin, 5,800. Robbie Anderson, 6,000. I think they're all in good spots for targets. They're all consistently productive wide receivers. I think they all belong in cash consideration as we're building those lineups. Tyler, what do you have? Yeah, I like that trio of wide receivers as well. One other option I had was Tyler Lockett. I think he's pretty mispriced at 6,600, and he's got a great shot at being the top overall wide receiver on the slate. So I'm probably going to try to get him in cash. Um, Once again, it's going to be tough to to get all these guys in your lineups because I'm not seeing too much value this week on DraftKings. So we're going to have to find some cheap plays somewhere. So, So maybe Jared has some cheaper options for us. Well, I do a wide receiver here. It's Deontay Johnson, um, 4,200 bucks. It, it, it definitely breaks my rule of not playing guys coming back from injuries, especially in cash. But, I mean, Deontay was a full practice participant on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, there's still some risk there, but, again, at 4,200 bucks, that mitigates the risk a bit. And let's remember, in his two healthy games this season, he saw 23 targets, caught 14 balls. We'll, we'll see what Chase Claypool's emergence means. I mean, I don't think – you're going to get, you know, 10, 11 targets out of Deontay Johnson. If you can get six or seven out of him at this price tag in a good matchup in a game we expect to be a shootout, I like Deontay Johnson. You know, he's another guy you can use to help you get in those three stud running backs. I agree. And I mean, at 4,200, there's always risk. They don't put stud wide receivers at 4,200. So if the risk is the health and Deontay Johnson's practicing in full for the first time all season, the beginning of the season, he was a limited practice participant. So it certainly sounds like he's back to full health. He, it seems like he's healthier than you would expect a guy to be when he left each of his previous two games with separate injuries. So I, I think that he's a good bet at that level. Another guy 
that I like primarily on the GPP side in the cheaper range, though. But I think he's in cash consideration as well as Mike Williams at 4700 bucks. We saw the ceiling his last time out before the week six by five for 109 and two touchdowns against the Saints on eight targets. And that was a game where he returned from injury working with, you know, a still new quarterback at that point and Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen looks like he's going to play, but he's still dealing with the back issue that limited his uh, playing time in that New Orleans game. So, you know, maybe if Keenan Allen is still dealing with that and doesn't play his full snap allotment, maybe that helps the target count for Mike Williams. There's room for both guys, though, so we don't need a limited Keenan Allen for Mike Williams to pay off here, especially against the league's worst defense overall and against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. That is what Jacksonville is. Williams is also currently projected for sub 10% ownership despite that big game back in week five, which surprises me. So again, I, I love him for GPP. I do think he's in play for cash as well, though, because of that price. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Allen because if he's healthy, I think he's probably the best value at wide receiver at 6,200 bucks, just with the type of volume he was getting from Justin Herbert before he left last game early and this matchup against Jacksonville. Um, I, I agree. I think Williams is in play for both cash and tournaments. And if, for some reason, Keenan Allen doesn't play on Sunday. I think Williams should be locked in the cash game lineups. Mm. Tyler, what you got? I think going to be uh, tough to avoid the top price wide receivers as well this week. We have Hopkins in the best possible matchup going up against the Seahawks. We have Devontae Adams in a great matchup in a high uh, up-tempo projected, high projected game against the Texans. Um, it's looking like Michael Thomas might miss this week. I think a lot of the wide receivers in the Lions and Falcons game is going to go uh, low-owned. Low so we have Calvin Ridley and Julio against the Lions and then Kenny Galladay on the other side going up against the Falcons. So I think those are all pretty good matchups. So you could definitely match there. I like uh, wide receivers in the 6K range a little bit better. I think Tyreek Hill is definitely underpriced going up against the Broncos. Uh, I know we're seeing snow projected in that game. He did have a two-touchdown game in the snow last season. It might have been against the the Broncos, too, I can't remember, but I remember there was a snow game and he scored twice. Chris Godwin's underpriced, too, going up against the Raiders, 6,400. And then Robbie Anderson, 6K. We talked a little bit about him for cash. I think he's in play in GPPs as well. And then I like Will, um, I like Deshaun Watson a lot, so I'll definitely be running him with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. And uh, that's about it. I, I know I listed a lot of guys there, but it's looking like a pretty good wide receiver week. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the week it is. There are so many options at all these positions. I, I'm not sure ownership is really going to even play in at all because it's just so spread out with all of the, the options at every single position this week. And Ty Tyreek Hill is just so tempting at that price. He feels underpriced. I did. I tweeted uh, earlier this week that his targets are way down. I think he's averaging like six something targets per game. He's really been just relying on the touchdowns. I think he scored in every game so far this season, right? Um, so that's a bit scary. You know, maybe that, maybe that's why his price is down a little bit. But at least in GPPs, I think you got to get some some hill in there just because you know he he has the upside, obviously, to lead all wide receivers in fantasy points this week. And by the way, I mean we talked about Mike Williams, and then you mentioned Keenan Allen. I mean, if we like both of those guys and their and Keenan Allen is healthy enough, then the Justin Herbert, Keenan yeah. Allen, Mike Williams triple stack can fit in there. You run back DJ Chark at a cheap fifty five hundred on the other side of that one. That could give you some of those the room to fit in those expensive running backs that you want to play. Yeah, and Chark actually, who I had is my tournament play, and that's for that exact reason. Um, I just think 
from a value perspective, the Chargers stack might be the best of the week. Cause I think, you know, I think Herbert's a fine value. I think Keenan and Mike Williams are underpriced. I think Hunter Henry is a fine value. So you can, you know, you can double stack uh, Herbert a few different ways. And then he yeah, had run it back with DJ Chark, who was really, you know, close to a big game last week. He saw 14 targets. He led the entire league with 193 air yards. He just didn't connect on some of those long balls. So, you know, if the Chargers jump out to a lead, Minshew throws it, you know, you know another 40 plus times here. Chark could definitely have a big game. Yeah, I agree. Tyler, a tight end, what do you like for cash? The tight end that stood out to me actually the most was Hunter Henry. He's priced as the tight end nine on DraftKings. And he's been pretty consistent this season. He's seen eight plus targets in three of five games. I know he finally got in the end zone last week against the Saints. And especially if Keenan Allen misses, I think we could definitely play him. Uh, I'm not really seeing any cheap tight end options this week. And he was kind of the one tight end that stood out as the cheapest guy that was in play. So if I can't afford Travis Kelsey, because uh, to me, Travis Kelsey's uh, way underpriced at 6300 He should be in the $7,000 price range. I don't think we're going to be able to afford paying up for tight end this week. So I think Hunter Henry's the best option uh, that's that's paying down. Uh, I think he's got a pretty good chance at a touchdown. So I'm not really seeing any guys in that $3,000 range. Well, I got some cheaper tight ends for you, Tyler, because I, I like being the, the bargain bin shopper here unless I'm at the beer store. Austin Hooper, 4000 bucks. Dalton Schultz at $3,900, uh, I think are, are going to be my starting points. Austin Hooper gets the Bengals, who have allowed the sixth most PPR points to tight ends, the fourth most yards per game to the position, three touchdowns to tight ends over just the past two weeks. Austin Hooper's caught five balls in three straight games for the Browns and seen 24.2% of Browns targets over that span. Uh, so I like his I like his floor this week at the least. And Dalton Schultz, 3,900. I, I like Hooper better, but Schultz has caught four-plus balls in four or five games since Blake Jarwin went down. Only time he doesn't, didn't was the, with the Dak Prescott injury game. Washington's the seventh friendliest tight end scoring matchup this week. Worst in the league in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders. Yeah, I mean, if I only had thirty nine hundred left, I would try to get the extra hundred to get up up to Austin Hooper. He's you know, he's my favorite cheap play. I definitely like Hunter Henry. It's a cheap play too. You know, but Travis Kelsey at sixty three hundred, he is our top points per dollar value at tight end. He's actually the fourth best value among all tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs. So you know, I rarely pay up for tight end in cash games. It it's tough this week if you want to play you know, those three stud running backs. But I think, you know, this week more than any other so far, I think Kelsey makes makes sense as a cash game tight end. Mm. Tyler, who are you favoring on the GPP side at the position? Yeah, um, I think the tight end position is really, really bad this week. So really all I'm seeing is Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry. Um, Austin Hooper is definitely interesting at 4,000. So I might dabble on him a little bit. Unfortunately, we're not going to have Anthony Ferkser week because John o. Smith returned to full practice yesterday. So yeah, it's looking pretty weak. I kind of wish we were getting Anthony Ferkser week just so people could overplay Anthony Ferkser and then yell at him when he had uh, Adam Troutman's game. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably would have played him. How, how much is he? Is he, is he min priced? I don't I, even, I, I, I didn't even look cause John was going to play, but um thousand oh yeah I, I, I probably still would have played him honestly <laughs> uh, i like tj hawkinson for tournament so I, i'm, I'm kind of like pot committed on hawkinson to use a poker term i know uh, tyler is a big poker player I, i've played him i think every week this season you know he's he he's been okay he, he hasn't had the explosion game yet 
Um, but he scored in three or five games. He is tied for second in the league in targets inside the 10 yard line. So he's getting touchdown opportunities. We expect this to be a high scoring game, Detroit versus Atlanta. And the Falcons are dead last by a wide margin in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. They've allowed the third most catches to tight ends, the second most receiving yards and the most receiving touchdowns. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing Hawkinson until he has that big game. I haven't been committed to pot since senior year of high school, and I knew that you were going to talk about TJ Hawkinson. So I'll throw in one more. Eric Ebron at 4000 bucks gets the number two scoring matchup for tight ends. Not as good a target bet as Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry, um, but I think he has a higher ceiling than Dalton Schultz. I think if we want somebody with touchdown upside, Eric Ebron at 4000 is attractive. At flex, I think I'm, I would like to try to get the three running backs that we, into the line that we talked about earlier. But if that's not working, I think – when we get to the cheaper range, like bottom 6,000 or into the 5K range, I'm a little more interested in the wide receiver values in that range than running backs this week because I think there are some guys that we can count on for targets, you know, relatively. Anybody can bust any week. But I think there are some good bets for targets in that range that make plenty of sense uh, in this PPR setup. Yeah, we've talked about most of the guys I have down here. Justin Jackson, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams. I think they're all nice values for flex. The two other guys I've written down, um, DeAndre Swift, and it'd be for tournaments only, but you know, he's 5400 bucks, so a decent price. He's only projected at 4% ownership. I guess people just aren't buying his week six breakout. And I get it because you know his playing time still wasn't great. I just like the spot here because we know he's the Lions' primary pass catching back. Detroit, you know, falls behind, which they're expected to do, you know, according to the Vegas line, that's going to mean more passing, more swift on the field. And the Falcons remain, you know, one of the worst running back coverage defenses. So you could get a big receiving game out of DeAndre Swift here. And then the last guy I have is Gabriel Davis at 3,600 bucks. It'd be tournaments only, you know, a cheap flyer, but assuming John Brown doesn't play, um, you know, Davis has been good this season when he's had opportunities. He's a big play guy against a bad secondary. So for 3600 bucks, I think in tournaments, Davis makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what do you got? We mentioned all the players I like. Uh, the only one we haven't is Joe Mixon, 6300 And the Bengals are home against the Browns. It looks like uh, Joe Burrow is going to be relatively, relatively popular this week. So in the same game, we could pivot to Joe Mixon, who easily could have had a three-touchdown game last week. Uh, he only scored once, but Joe Burrow and Gio Bernard both run in one-yard touchdowns, so they kind of vultured him there. Uh, the only thing I would say for flex position, make sure your flex guy, uh, if you have any guys in the Seahawks-Cardinals game, make sure they're at the flex so you could um, make some pivots and, and take, take down some GPPs this week. Yeah, of course, On um, Mixon will have to watch to make sure he's good to go. He missed Wednesday and Thursday with that foot injury, uh, so we'll see make sure that he's ready for the game. Gio Bernard could be an option if Mixon's not playing. And also on the DeAndre Swift playing time front, I mean, sure, we'd like to see him be the, the dominant number one in playing time there, but his playing time did pick up coming out of the bye, and he, it, it was right with Adrian Peterson, so it's not like he trailed Adrian Peterson in playing time and just kind of put up fluky production. Yeah, and I mean, if the Lions were smart, you know, they'd start to grow Swift's role further on. That's definitely the case. I never want to bank on the Lions being smart, but um, (laughs) it's definitely possible we get, you know, 50 or 60% snaps for for Swift this Sunday. On defense, it's kind of, you kind of have to start at least with Washington at 2,500 bucks against Dallas after what we saw from the Cowboys on Monday night. Is that where you are finishing, Tyler? You got some other options here. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I don't like too much at defense this week either. I think Washington is the best punt uh, cash game play. They're definitely going to be pretty chalky. Uh, I think we could play the Falcons around the same price range, 2400 home against Stafford and the Lions. Uh, I don't love that pick. The other defense that stood out was the Browns at 2800 uh, Once again, Joe Burrow is going to be pretty popular. He drops back a lot. Uh, which should give more opportunities for the Browns for sacks and turnovers. And then the only other defense I had was the Chargers at 3,400 going up against Gardner Minshew. And the Chargers are fared by over a touchdown. So, And they got a good pass rush and they got a good secondary. So so they could definitely get some sacks and turnovers there. But there's no way I'm paying up for the Bills at 4,700. I don't think we're going to have enough salary this week. And that price for a defense is just insane. Yeah, I think the Chargers at 3,400 are where I'm stopping on the high end, too. They, they should be healthier this week. Joey Bosa's off the injury report after he was limited in week five, played about half, less than half of his usual uh, defensive snaps. We're still waiting to see if Melvin Ingram's going to play. They designated him to return from IR, their defensive end, opposite Joey Bosa at the beginning of the week. Haven't officially activated him yet, so we'll see. Probably not a full-time player if he returns. Also, defensive tackle Justin Jones, they designated to return from IR. So they could be getting two um, D-line starters back for this game to further boost things for what already looks like a positive matchup here. Yeah, I like the Chargers for tournaments. Definitely Washington and Cash for me. The, the other tournament target I'd consider are the Bucks at 3700 bucks. You know, If the Raiders are missing their entire O-line, which is possible at this point, and we'll, we'll see. Um, I think by Sunday morning we'll know. But if they're missing – all of it, or even some of it, I think Tampa. You know, it, it's a great defense, and if you know they're they're getting that matchup, they're they're worth playing in tournaments. Yeah, and it looks like the Raiders will at least miss Trent Brown. And yeah. Green Bay started out with its nearly full offensive line last week and got terrorized by the Bucks, even though Green Bay doesn't usually let up that many sacks. So yeah. they don't need any of those guys to be missing to be a solid play there. I agree. Tyler, before we leave, what do you like on the betting front for Week Seven? Yeah, I'm going back to the teaser this week. I'm going to do a six-and-a-half-point teaser, and I'm going to tease the Seahawks, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites, up to plus three. Normally, you're not supposed to tease through zero because you lose some value, but I'm going to do it with Seattle. I feel pretty good about them winning this week. Uh, Arizona's coming off a big Monday night win against the Cowboys. Seattle's coming off the bye. Uh, Russell Wilson six and one in his last seven games off the bye, and I don't think there's any way that uh, Arizona is going to keep up with Seattle. I mean, Kyler Murray, he's he's been a good fantasy quarterback this season, but he was nine for twenty four against a terrible Cowboys defense, and they started off the game with three punts, and you just can't do that against Seattle because they'll quickly get up on you fourteen or twenty one nothing. So I feel pretty good about the Seahawks coming in and winning, and then. Uh, the other six and a half point teaser is with the Saints. They're fared by a touchdown against the Panthers, so you get them down to a half a point. So as long as the Saints win and Seattle covers the three, uh, we win our bet there. Tyler, if you keep being such a tease, you're gonna have to wear your tassels onto the show. Um, if you're not that complicated a better and you just want to play the straight line, I like the Seahawks to cover three and a half at Arizona this week. The Vikings game was the first that Seattle won by less than five points this season. Arizona is just 12th in overall uh, offensive DVOA, 18th in pass offense. Tyler just alluded to it. Kyler Murray has been a terrific fantasy quarterback so far. He's not been a terrific passing quarterback, and that's Seattle's biggest weakness. So, you know, there's a chance that 
uh, Arizona doesn't quite get things going this week and struggles in that matchup. I think my favorite against the spread this week, though, is the Panthers plus seven and a half at New Orleans. Carolina's just minus three overall in total points through a three and three start. And most of that's from the Bucs beating them by 14. The Saints just plus three overall in scoring. Their only win by more than six points came against the Bucs back in week one. They got to pick six in that game to make that happen. I like those. Um, I'm looking at this Packers Texans game. You know, first of all, I like the over. It's 57. Now, I, I should have actually looked into this, but I feel like all these high over unders, the majority of them are still hitting the over. It's like, it's like you know Vegas can't set the lines high enough. And in this Packers Texans game, I am not expecting either defense to stop either offense. And they're both two fast paced teams. They're both top 12 in situation neutral pace. So it's going to be a fast pace game, more plays, more points. And then in the same game, I like the Packers to cover minus three and a half. It's, you know, maybe it's a dumb bet because I know, um, you know, road favorites aren't generally wise, but I think we're getting value here after the Packers, you know, crappy performance against the Bucks. I think a week ago, this line would have been like Packers minus five or minus six. So I'm, I'm just giving them a mulligan for that game. I just think they're, you know, pretty easily a better team than Houston. I agree. That's going to do it for this week seven DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, to get tournament picks from Tyler. He'll also give you his favorite stacks for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in week seven of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS, it's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, for Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.